Get Heavy Podcast, hosted by Craig Sonsalis. Go ahead and check out the Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. $1 a month gets you in the door. The interview videos will be coming out a week early. Uh, these interviews may be early, may not be early, but the interviews are early, plus bonus content, all that good shit. I really appreciate the support. Check out the merchandise. Get Heavy merch is at localshop.com slash getheavypodcast. You can find all of our cool shit. I just got the images for the uh, sweatshirts and sweatpants that are going to be coming out. Some fucking badass death metal logos. Uh, fucking skulls on them. The whole deal, dude. It's going to be sick. So check out for that soon. Uh, also, rate, subscribe, review. Tell your fucking friends about this podcast. Listen to it everywhere you can find it on audio. And also watch the YouTube, man. Uh, please subscribe. Hit that notifications bell. It doesn't mean much to you but it means a lot to me uh big thank you to everyone that's supported it so far everyone that has hit me up everyone that's emailed me and asked me questions and and uh said nice things i really appreciate it i am just trucking along trying to get this shit done (sighs) you know best i can i guess finding my voice as they say which i find annoying by the way hearing it back is a real nightmare How's everything look? Looks great, dude. Are you getting like yeah. the feel of everything? The, yeah, I got the you got the live plants back. Are they live? Yeah. Yeah, they're live they're plant. living. Go, yeah, man. they're living. Yeah, I don't fuck with those fake plants, man. No fake plants for you. I don't huh? fa- I don't fuck with that fake shit. That's the real deal shit. The real deal. <laughs> um cool. Thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate yeah, it. Um Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm stoked you hit me up. Yeah, I've never done I've never I've had like random fools, you know, hit me up. And I'm like, look at them, and you're all, I don't know, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, when I hit like, you up, I obviously checked out. Yeah, they're just, you know, who? <laughs> all you're, you're just waiting for someone to like drop a end bomb or something. You know what I mean? You have no yeah. idea who fucking people are. You know? Oh yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not that um, I had any risk of you doing that. But when I checked out the podcast, I was like, oh, fucking cool, man. This guy's got a good like. Your podcast is fucking cool, man. Screaming at a wall, right? Is is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Yeah. Um, it's been. It's. I mean, this is kind of weird, like to have the the script flipped on me to I know. to do it. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I, it's like when I go into it, I stress out like before I actually do. I mean, it's kind of trippy because I'm sure you've gathered a little bit about like my life and my 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 history a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. But but having like done time, I've been shot at. Mm. Uh, I've shot at people. Mm-hmm. I've been in the most crazy sort of setups, but going to interview someone, I'm like, yeah, it, it, it brings out some anxiety. <laughs> what I found, and I'm no fucking pro by any means, is that the more research I do, the worse it sounds. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, because like I'm a trying big to stick to it. Well, like yeah, the... I mean, you just like, I don't know. You want it to be fucking. You, the terrifying thing is dead air, right? I mean, you don't want to have. Someone just not, some people are just hard to engage, dude. Um, I did my worst, my absolute hands down worst interview is I I got to interview the bass player for my favorite band on earth. His hero is gone. Um, you know who they are? They're like a gnarly fucking crust. Um, they're, you know, in the drop dead era, they were, they're tragedy now. They used to be there. Have you heard that hardcore? They're that D beat band tragedy. Anyway, it's, it's punk shit, but. They're my favorite band ever on earth, and it was uh, the hardest fucking interview 
because he's why such do, why, he's so why, quiet and like such, uh, he's an artist and then he's like he did all the artwork for him and stuff like that and uh you know i i don't know what happened at the end but every time i asked him about his heroes gone he'd shut down on me dude and it was like it was hard. It was so mm. fucking hard. So you guys, you don't, you don't usually do a thing where you kind of do like a pre-interview. You kind of just jump into it. Rarely. Yeah. Rarely, dude. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm better off the cuff. I think I can carry, you know, my arrogance. I think I could carry a conversation okay enough to uh, make it okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, But I yeah, find that I do it. stress myself out if I do more research than I need to. I have this barrel of questions and I don't get to develop on topics that I find, you know what I mean? It's just, it's the exact opposite for me. I'll do, I mean, that's actually how I found you. I was going to do the interview with Noah Levine. Mm -hmm. And so I was just looking up for, you know, recent interviews and uh, one of your, your uh, interview that you did with him popped mm -hmm. up. And um, I like to do that just, just to have backup. You know, yeah. I, I go into it the same way, I guess you do in the sense of you just are, you know, you want to communicate. I, I, I like the fact that like we can deviate from something. Like if I'm like starting off somewhere, it's totally fine to, to deviate, deviate. Cause that's where the deep exploration of, you know, somebody's, uh, you know, journey or, or whatever emotions or feelings about a certain thing. Um, that's when it becomes fun and sometimes yeah. if it's too structured and you're sort of staying on path it's i mean i only have like eight episodes but i used to right. do interviews for a punk rock magazine called destroy all right and right. I, I you know so i was you know i got my feet wet with doing yeah. that but just in general like people fascinate me yeah well and and, and the nature and what you do on your podcast right you talk to a lot of ex-felons you know what i mean uh, i think the, the cool thing about it is that it, it is it is type a kind of specific, you know, like thing, right? They talk mm -hmm. to a lot of ex-felons that have put their lives together, lived crazy experiences, and use that shit to create cool stuff, right? And I kind of do the same thing. I want to talk to people that use DIY culture to create a fucking world for themselves. You know what I mean? And so that's what drew me to you when I started listening to it. I was like, oh, fuck yeah, this is this guy's in the same, you know, same space. But yeah, as that. you know, and as I know, talking to an ex-drug addict felon that conversation can go anywhere, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, especially with that, I was listening to that one with the, uh, you did with the guy that robbed the banks, you know, the bank robber dude. Shane Enholm. Yeah, and it was like, I mean, it was a fucking awesome interview because every story he told was like, holy shit. But it was yeah, like, everyone. Just the, fir the first one was, you know? he's really amazing. I mean, he just wanted, he's the ideal person to interview where you can just ask one question and then he can, yeah, definitely he he can just it. go off. And his memory is really amazing. It's shocking. And, um, shocking. And I, and I've become friends with him after doing that interview. Again, just this process is really cool. Um, but yeah, being able to have someone like that where you can just kind of throw some out and then they just run with just it. Go on um, it. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. I grew up around a lot of felons, you know, a lot of fucking criminals animals you know where, what did I mean? you, where did you grow up at i grew up like i mean i say i grew up in the desert right i was born way out in like past lancaster and trona it's rich okay Crest, i grew i grew up in lancaster right so i'm, I'm like from 13. trona which I, i've, I've never, never even been, heard of that place right you've heard of rich crest rich crest yeah so 30 more miles into the desert it's a tiny little fucking town it's insane dude oh you damn know? um so i grew up out there i grew up a little bit in roseman and then when, but when I was 12 or 10 or 12, we moved to Ventura. Dan, you lived in Ro Rosemont? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, my, uh, right my on dad's, B Street, right next to the Foster Freeze, dude. My uh, probably like yeah, I, I actually remember that. We probably used to hang um, together when we were kids. <laughs> well, my, my dad when he he got remarried for a split second, and his girlfriend lived out there, mm. and it was right when I got into skating too. And then I actually met some buddies of mine that ended up moving to this random trailer park in Rosemead. Mm. But, um, yeah, that, that chick was like so crazy. I re- I remember there was a point I was, I went over to their place and this was, man, this had to be maybe like four months into them being married. And he was like trying to talk to her in the kitchen. We we're about to go somewhere. And he's like, look, baby, you know, he said to like, you know, t- like grab her arm. <laughs> And she just pulled, like, turned around, and she had a, like, butcher knife in her hand. And she's like, don't you fucking dare touch me. And I was just <laughs> no. like, what the? F-? It was like, I've had really interesting uh, yeah. representation for females in my life, like, growing up. So that, that, yeah. that just sort of added to it, you know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, Roseman, I would, I remember my first girlfriend lived out in Mojave. Mm-hmm. And I would go out there as well. And it was just, like, just boredom, you know? Oh, it, it is. With, I, there's nothing to do besides get in trouble. I mean, yeah. You know, I mean, I grew up riding motorcycles and doing the thing and riding BMX bikes. Obviously, skateboording wasn't a thing back then. Out there, you didn't have. How old are you? I'm 39. You're 39. You? Okay, yeah. So, did did you spend any time in Lancaster? Yeah, well, my or? whole fam. I got tons of family that still live there. My old man oh, okay. still lives there, so I'm there remember, all the time. Do you remember remember a place called Surf and Turf? No, it was. It was like uh, Raging Waters, but out there in Lancaster. Oh, okay. It was right by the yeah, really yeah. I remember the park, water but... park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they closed. That. They they shut it down. I think in ninety somewhere around then. Okay. And I had just got into skateboarding, and we used to go there all the time because the like the mini the mini golf course. Uh, you know, they took the water out, and yeah. you could you could skate in there, and then. That was a spot, and I had no idea that there was like other people at the time skating, right. other than like the few people that were because it it was a handful. You could you know count them on two hands. Right. And back in man, when was that? Like this is maybe what, about nineties. Well, that that was the early nineties. So okay. flash forward, right? I grew up thinking that there was nobody else like skating around that time. Uh, flash forward, I went took all my homies so i had a skate shop that i owned and there was a connection to a backyard pool and so my buddy clayton the guy's name was uh king rich i believe his name was he was connected to another guy that owned a backyard pool so anyway we went out there and uh, met the guy and they had grown up out there so they were like the 18 19 year old dudes that were skating out in the av and i had no idea but he showed me pictures of skating the the spot um, that we skated at, and it was just—it kind of blew my mind that there yeah. was somebody else skating. There's there. a long history of skaters. My mom, my mom in the '70s skated pools out there. She grew up skating pools. You know, what I mean? moms did. Yeah, my mom. Yeah, she's fucking. What? My mom was also like 17, 18 when she had me. Right. So, um, you know, but yeah, she fucking. There's pictures of her skating pools and stuff back in the day. You know, but oh man, there you, was... gotta, you gotta send me those. Oh, yeah, off the fly. I would love to, to see, see those. Them. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, dude. But. She, you know, there was a there was a skate culture in the seventies, you know, and then I think maybe eighties, you know, and then it started to die out because there's just nowhere to fucking skate besides an abandoned water park or a fucking a high school mm-hmm. or college or whatever, you know. But street skating really wasn't around, and I didn't know I didn't know much about skating. It was a hindrance to me 
to skate anywhere in Roseman because everything was fucking gravel and dirt. Yeah. And so uh, I just hopped on my little three-wheeler and would putt around with my 22 and shoot shit all day, you know. And then uh, when I when I moved to Ventura, that's where I found skateboarding. That was like yeah. my first true Did love. Did you say dude. you were just skating around randomly, just shooting stuff with your yeah. 22, like yeah. rifle? Or yeah, totally, dude. Just that dirt mounds or something? Yeah, I, whatever. Fucking rabbits, <laughs> fucking whatever, dude. I was I would literally like at, at eight, nine years old, my old man got me like a little bolt action 22 rifle. I would pack my backpack in the morning, fucking jump on my little three-wheeler, you know, my Yamaha 80 three-wheeler, and I'd fucking be gone all day just shooting shit, dude. What what a polar <laughs> opposite to my experience. Really? A 22 gun. Yeah, my, well. My, bro- my Well, my brother, he had gotten out of camp, you know, like, I don't know, it was the second or third time. Like fire and- camp kind of shit? What kind well, of camp? juvenile camp. Oh, my juvenile brother got, camp. Yeah, yeah, he actually got busted uh, going back to the, my dad's like second marriage or whatever. He got busted three days for the fir- like for the first time he ever got busted. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was three days before my dad got married, so they didn't know where my brother was. Mm-hmm. And apparently, he had stolen a car and went on a high speed chase. Hell yeah, and then so, but so with the twenty two gun, he had gotten out right, and he was involved with crazy shit already I, I just remember him always like coming home with like a, a new nintendo or, or something yeah, that yeah like burglar, burglarized someplace yeah. but he's like one one it was like the, i think it was like the afternoon and he was like hey like chris that's my real name and uh he's like let's go out to the dirt field i want to show you something and we were like staying at a, a motel sherwood motel mm. uh it was a really bad time but anyway so he takes me out to the desert and there's like a mound and he just he pulls out a, a, a 22 mm-hmm. and he's like, check this out. And he like shoots at the mound of dirt. Yeah. And I'm like pretty innocent. Like he's already living. How old are you at I, the time? Dude, I was like, um, I think I was about 10. Right. Cause <laughs> yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's about like, he was like 13 or 14. It's crazy that he was already in the system that young. Right. But, but I, you know, I was in my own little world at that point. I, well, I, which I you should probably, be. You're fucking 10, right? You shouldn't be, you know, you shouldn't be you being should drugged be. into gnarliness, you know? Yeah. I mean, he, I guess he did or, or he chose, but he was always kind of bad. But um, yeah. yeah, he's doing like 60 something years. Wow. Really? Now. Still huh? mm-hmm. I done forever. I mean, well, is there he, a possibility so, he'll so get out? He has seven to life with 60 years of enhancements. So. Basically, he went on a high-speed chase and shot a rifle out of a car. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he shot twice. And, they're, you know, they said that he was shooting at the cops. But um, with the second shot, that it bumped up his assault on a police officer to, to attempted murder. Right. So he got seven to life, right, for the actual crime. And then he got 60 years in, of enhancements. So of gun gang right fucking whatever i don't some other stuff but you know he's fighting i'm i'm start like i'm getting connected to places like initiate justice who basically put um they set up like bills and stuff to be able to get passed um right he was looking for the uh, ab 15 13 i think it was it, it didn't pass but it was basically to reduce enhancements because there's a lot of a lot of dudes in there that you know, they have their sentence and they have, cause he's been down for like 18, 19 years. And so he would already been able to parole. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally. But 
and he's doing good. Like, you know, he's doing college courses, staying out of trouble. Right. I mean, he's really, really trying because he just wants that opportunity. But to, 18 years of your fucking life, dude, for one bad decision, you know? I mean, obviously, well, we all make our bed, right? We got to lay in it, and we can go uh, two and a half hours on how bad fucking the justice system is here. Oh, yeah, country, for you know sure. I mean? But, um, but I, mean, I wanted to know, really like, help. when is that? Is he the one that helped? When did you start getting into trouble? Like when was it around that age that you started? Would you follow your brother into it, or did you find your own? No, it wasn't even at that at that age because um, I think I was about fourteen. You know what most kids go through when they're figuring out their identity. Oh yeah, and who they are, and they start to change the way that they dress. And I didn't have I didn't, I personally didn't have anybody around me to guide me, so that was like right off the bat the right. odds of me going down the route that my brother uh, went, went down is it was highly like it was hi- highly likely the odds were stacked. Yeah. When you have one me. parent, it's tough when you got no parents, it's fucking well, that, yeah. impossible. Right. And <laughs> then, like, yeah, for sure. Like, and then my mom, my mom's suffered from mental illness. So, I mean, there was times when I had to, you know, kind of take care of myself. Right. And so I don't, you know, my, I ended up moving in with my dad who was like a workaholic alcoholic. And, you know, he was around one of those parents that's, I guess they call them, uh, they're, they neglect, they're like around, but they are, don't really do too much because, you know, fact of the matter is he, he didn't have the tools to, to do that. Cause his, his life was kind of trippy, but, um, yeah, it wasn't until that point when I started trying to like figure myself out, you know? And, um, that's when I, I kind of started, uh, going down that path. I started not doing good in school and then hanging, hanging around taggers, mm-hmm. you know, at first, um, going from, I guess, like a skate kid to going into like tagging. And I was right. never good at it. I was, right. I was a toy. Yeah. I used to fuck around time. too, but I, yeah. I was never good at it, dude. Friends that yeah. were great at it. Same thing with skateboarding. I loved it. Was never great at it. All my friends were getting sponsored. They're like, we're going to go skate the Hollywood High 15 rail. You want to go? I'm all, no. Like, no. why? <laughs> why? So I can just stand around? Yeah, watch just, you guys fucking yeah. kill yourselves? I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I think it really, like, for me, it, like, really started at that time. And then I got, I started doing methamphetamine at 14. Wow. So I, this is. That's that fucking kind of, AV. That's that AV curse right there, baby. <laughs> it is. I mean, that's what I was yeah. saying. My my brother, yeah. he um, that he was high off of meth when he did his crime. I mean, that was his downfall ultimately is that he was doing meth, you know? right? But you know, up until that point, I wasn't. You know, I was hanging around people that were thuggish, um, and you know, it's funny because I reflect on that now. And I think there's a part of me that wanted to walk down the path that my brother walked down to right. experience what he experienced, uh, because that was really never me. It was just, you know, what I've learned after all this time is I just put a mask on each, totally. each time. I mean, yeah. mask at that time and then a mask when I went to juvenile hall, and then a mask when I went to prison. And, you know, it's been this constant just layering up and never really dealing with like my own shit. But right. I, um, but so the the gang thing is a very interesting thing because you know Lancaster, you know you have white power skinheads on one right. block, and then you yeah, have what's anti. It, uh, what's the the low riders low heads 
skinhead Nazi lowriders. Low Nazi lowriders. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Like, I don't think those guys. Shit, I don't think those guys yeah. are around, around. Probably much so anymore. Much. Yeah. But you know, it's funny when I got to prison. Those were kind of the dudes I was hanging around with because I ended up actually getting into a Hispanic gang at one oh, point okay. because that's just who I who I knew that was around me and th- that's where it ended up. But mm-hmm. you know, there again, like I said, like you'll have those white power skins on one block and then anti like sharps on another block and then you'll have crips and then you'll have blood. It's just a weird like place to live to try to figure out your shit if you're on that path. And so I ended up actually connecting with like Hispanic gangs for Mm -hmm. some reason, you know? And, um, and then I moved down to my mom's in South LA Mm -hmm. and that's, that's when it it got pretty crazy. But was that gang, continuing and was it the same gang in LA as it was out there? No, 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 no. So I, you know, I was hanging around with dudes that were, I guess, representing other, other neighborhoods that were from LA, right? you know, cause that's basically all the, the gangs, primarily all the gangs that are there, like gangs that came from the Valley. Yeah. Cause I remember when, I remember when Lancaster was Kern County. Right. And I remember when LA oh, County, County, I didn't know. Yeah. That. It was a, a Lancaster, <laughs> LA bought out fucking Lancaster. And that's when they started developing all those project housing on the East End and all that shit. Interesting. Yeah. It was like in the fucking mid nineties or whatever. Cause it was, yeah, it that, was a part of Kern County up until were everywhere. Yeah. That's yeah. when they started actively fucking trying to gentrify LA and started moving everyone free housing, fucking all this shit to the desert, which. I'm not against any of that. I think people need help and all this stuff, but they essentially, they're starting to, you know, morph nicer neighborhoods in LA and they started fucking moving everyone out. Oh, there, now right? it's, it's bad. When yeah. It's went, not, that's what we call it. Pompton. You know what I mean? It's, it's, we crazy. call Palmdale Pompton. Pompton. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's always been called to me. You know what I mean? That's funny. Yeah. yeah. I, I knew at one point, like people started moving out there, but, I mean, at the same time, they were building track homes that were a hundred thousand dollars. So a lot of people from LA were moving out there. Yeah, there was both. There's both. You know what I mean? But it's weird that they they would do that at the same time because eventually you know those people that are, you know, wanting to just live in a sort of suburban home and have a family. Mm -hmm. Like those two mixtures are just not going to blend well at at some point. And that's eventually what happened because all those all those people moved from there. Mm-hmm. and it, it is what it is now i mean it's when i do when i went out uh to skate that backyard pool for the uh uh for that shoot that i was doing mm-hmm. um so we were at the 7 7-eleven and we were getting gas and there was this gangster dude with like dread dreads it was a hispanic guy um but you know, he was talking like he was a crip or a blood or something. But so he was like yelling at this couple and me and so three, three of the dudes that I was with went inside the seven 11. And then I, I hung back with one of my buddies and we were just like, you know, hanging out there. And then we kind of saw this guy, you know, verbally attacking like this couple. Right. And then he had a rock in his hand. And then, uh, so we're watching, we're watching. I'm like, uh, you know, my blood like kind of boils up. I get on guard when right. I'm around that type of thing. Totally. And I do have it. Yeah. I used to have a tendency to just like kind of want to get, get involved in and yeah. just get a little excitement. Yeah. But I was like, okay, I'm, I'm not here for that. I'm, just, you know, and so the dude walks by, right? And, uh, I, I forget what he asked, but 
he ends up some saying something smart ass. Mm-hmm. And I was like, dude, we're minding our business, our own business. You should, you should do the same. Right. And then he kind of walked towards the street and then he started yelling at the couple again. They had come back out of the, from the store and, uh, he got, he started kind of getting close to me and he had the rock in his hand and then he was looking at them and then looking at me. And then I don't remember what he, he said, but I went into full yeah. on threat mode <laughs> yeah, totally. and I just, I just decked him. And then he, I like grabbed his hair too. Cause like I said, he had like long braided yeah, hair totally. and I yeah. just like grabbed him and then swirl him around. And I, I don't want to, I'm not telling you this type of stuff to sort of glorify no, of any course. of yeah. those things I because it. I yeah. I think me, myself right now, I mean, unless like the dude really got up, I would have, I've learned now to yeah. to actually step away and I would have been like, now I'd be like, I'm walking away from this guy. But anyway, oh, yeah. at the time I was definitely not fully, fully there. I still had those tendencies. So I ended up, you know, grabbing the dude and swirling him around and, um, and then he fell and I hit him and they got up and then like took off. Yeah. And then the dudes I was with, two of them came out and, uh, oh, <laughs> and my buddy Clayton, Clayton Grawl, it's so funny. So <laughs> two of the dudes had already come out of the store and they saw what was going on. And then, uh, they, they were running behind me and I had no idea that they were running behind me. And then I caught up to the guy and then I grabbed him again by his hair and then swung him down and then started hitting him. And uh, I should have just let the guy go. Hey, but, um, we all should have done my, a lot of things in the past. Yeah, no, I know. It's just, it's <laughs> when I, cause I haven't told yeah. the story for a while. Girl, so I'm, I'm not done with you yet, motherfucker. I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and dude, the dudes that I was with, um, I won't say their name, but they started like attacking him and then they took his shit. And I was like, mm. okay, that's where I'm like, <laughs> Let's go, guys. Because I'm not trying to like get a robbery charge because you guys are. But respect to the War Pigs crew because uh, those dudes have always been down. But uh, yeah, man. So we, I'm like, dude, we gotta get the fuck out of here. We gotta go. Oh, and I heard an ambulance, and that like scared me. I was like, damn, okay. So we end up going back into the parking lot, and my buddy Clayton is walking out of the store, and he has an ice cream in it hand and he has no idea what is going on he's like what's up and we're like all sweating and like hype like breathing hard we gotta go we gotta go yeah and he's like okay and he, we all get in the car and then like take off but i just that was so funny to me him we always have that one buddy that's like uh acutely unaware of what the fuck's happening <laughs> yeah. he's over here licking his drumstick you guys were at fucking war you know what i mean <laughs> like yeah. yeah but you know i've had many moments and because i grew up i have that same trauma response dude as soon oh, as, yeah. oh yeah, I mean, I grew up, you know, I, I grew up fighting Nazis and fucking, I, I never went the gang route, right? Like I was always around thugs and bikers and all this shit. And, uh, you know, I always was able to watch it from afar and realize I don't want to do that. Right. So mm. I luckily young enough, I found music and I found skateboarding and I found real positive outlets that kept me out of fucking trouble. Right. Um, but I still have those same responses, dude. If I see a, if I see a dude yelling at a chick on the street, my first initial is to punch him in the fucking face and then ask him questions, right? So yeah. I have that I have that same thing in me where I don't and I, I've actively learned how to walk away from it and I what I realize over the years is that I'm attracting it. You know what I mean? Because the way in which, you know, I react to a situation, this homeless guy is fucking screaming at some chick and he sees me like mad dogging him and now I've just invited him into my space, right? 
So I'm not saying I don't do nothing, but I've over the years have learned that my the way I carry myself is actively inviting fucking people to fuck with me. You know what I mean? And I it took me a long time to really learn how to not do that. You know what I mean? To really mind my own fucking business unless there is a real reason for me to step in, you know, and there's been plenty of times where I have stepped in and it and I felt it was for righteous reasons, you know what I mean? Yeah, I was going to say relating to that and the trauma response and I understand it so much more now than I I have ever understood it even though I mean I recently got in a fight I don't know, like a month and a half ago on a <laughs> basketball court, but, <laughs> yeah. but that was, it was a, it was a direct threat where, right. Um, but you know, before, I mean, I, I could almost sense, right. Oh, yeah. And I, I don't know, you know, part of that is growing up in a high, um, in a chaotic uh, world, dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. A high intensity environment where you constantly have to be on guard and aware. So, yeah. you know, for myself, I'm hypersensitive as it is. Mm-hmm. So you add on growing up in an environment that was dysfunctional. And then on top of that, going to prison and the, you, you know what I mean? And you, you put all those things together. Like I, I didn't realize it, you know, uh, up until recently that that's what causes me to be constantly aware of surroundings and people and movement and how they mm-hmm. talk, how they're carried. Oh, totally. And if I go into a place and there's something going on, I know. Oh and yeah. I've been with people that are just like, they, they have no, no idea. Right. No idea. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm the same way, dude. I'm my spidey senses. It is a blessing. I, it is a blessing, right? I mean, yeah. the fact that, you know, you're the culmination of chaos that you grew up in and, and myself included, I, I walk into a situation I can fucking read the room and I can tell this guy's going to be a problem, right? Like even like when I was playing shows, you know, I still play shows, but you know, Mm -hmm. we'd walk into a strange bar in the middle of fucking nowhere within five minutes. I can tell, okay, this dude's going to be a fucking problem tonight. And 90% of the time I'm right. You know what I mean? Cause I've, I know how to read (laughs) the room. I know how to fucking, I know this guy's it's seven, eight, 7 PM. This guy's slurring his fucking words and he's already acting belligerent, right? You know, like, or even like a fight on the street or whatever. I've been so acutely aware of this stuff my whole life because I grew up in it. You know, whereas I have friends and bandmates that we'd be in a situation. I'm like, hey, we need to get the fuck out of here. And they're like, why? And I'm all, we got to get out of here. We're in yeah, the wrong you're spot. Using your powers for good. Yeah, you know, we're in the wrong Thanks. spot. People are not stoked we're here. Right, yeah, we got to fucking go. We're in a we're in a bad bar in South Philly. We got to get the fuck out of here, dude. You know what I mean, or whatever it is. And and half the ninety percent of the time I'm right, you know what I mean? And they're like, "How'd you fucking know that was gonna happen?" I'm like, "Well, when I came in, I heard this fucking dude arguing with this other dude over a chick, you know, and I just overheard it, you know, and my spidey senses are going off, yeah. and I watched this dude all night be belligerent to everyone in the fucking bar, and now it's our turn, you know what I mean? We gotta get yeah. the fuck out of here, dude. Yeah, that, that happened. That happened to me at a bar. This was. This, I was already in a bad place, but I had just lost my skate shop. Well, I, I lost the lease on it. Right. And I was going through a separation. And I was going uh, to this bar in Silver Lake. It's like a skate bar. And um, there was Cholos there, mm-hmm. right? And I was by the bar. I was with my friend. And I was by the bar. And they were, like, close to me. And I could feel I could feel it. And I was like, yeah. Th- Something, something vibes happen, off, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I already knew it, but you know, at that point, I was like, I'm going to shift 
my body to another place away from these guys. Mm-hmm. But, and what happened, they ended up, I guess, disrespecting, they were like cholo dudes and, you know, it's mostly like skaters and hipsters or whatever at this right, point. Right. And so they ended up getting 86, right? And so the, the bar back came over and, uh, uh, I don't know. And their security guy and they're like, you guys got to get out. And of course they just like the response was like, fuck you. And mm-hmm. yeah, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, I w- and they ended up throwing a, a glass at one of the, the bar backs who right. is like one of the nicest guys. It's um, always that guy that gets hit. Dude. dude yeah. <laughs> it's and, like, uh, it's like, why? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's got like a, teddy bear he's holding a teddy bear and you know he's like just a sweet guy uh, (laughs) (laughs) so so i end up shifting over um to kind of go towards the bar and i'm watching but i'm at this point getting close like closer and one of the guys is yelling and then he starts yelling at a patron that's there right Mm -hmm. Um, and this and i was and i was kind of by this guy and uh he starts coming towards me. I was like, dude, you need to, you need to wait there. You better like stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't come any closer to me. And he kept, he got closer and I just, the real, he got close to that. I don't know <laughs> the distance, you know what I mean? Yeah. That like in my mind, it's like, yeah. okay, that distance is, is past that, that threshold. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's about like three feet. You know what I mean? If yeah. Like well, feet, it's get him gets, before he gets you. You know what yeah, I mean? And that's I mean, what that's, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Totally. And I ended up knocking the dude into a table <laughs> with like a bunch of people sitting in it, you know, straight out of like a movie. He yeah. kind of gets up, comes at me again. And then I just, I just overhand right and I buckle him. And then, uh, it's, it was so weird. Uh, but they ended up leaving, right? And then everyone's like cl- clapping. Uh, yeah, like it was like a scene out of a movie, and then the yeah. bartender gave me a beer, a free beer, and he's like, nice. "Thank you," because they can't do anything to the guys. Yeah, that's, but... most people aren't equipped for wolves, dude. You know what I mean? Like, oh, no. and that's how, well, like, just just you know? in general, they're not, you know, they're not yeah. really supposed to touch those dudes. But yeah, yeah, but it's but that this is how most people operate. You know what I mean? And this is like why I find that people that have gone through crazy shit, like even punkers, fucking ex felons, stuff like that, like. They are, you know, we are more equipped to deal with fucking chaos than anyone. You know what I mean? They just don't, normal people, they went to high school, they got in a couple fights, they went to college, fucking had a kid, now they work some shit job, and they're here at a bar on a weekend trying to have a great time. You know, mm-hmm. whereas like we, I, and I mean, I'm saying me, you know, I, I, I've seen what chaos is, you know what I mean? And I don't, I know how to operate within these realms that it's not... I don't see things the same as everyone else. And I think a lot of people that grew up like you did and like me a little bit, you know what I mean? You just don't see things the same. You see the foreseeable problem coming that, you know, how many guys have you seen get blindsided by a fucking punch? You know what I mean? Like I've, I've I've rarely ever been blindsided by a punch. You know what I mean? Like if I, if the punch is coming, I know it's fucking coming unless I got drilled in the back of the head, you know, but like if I'm standing here toe to toe with someone, I know what's going to happen, dude, and I'll punch you first, you know, just because yeah. why talk, you know, but I think a lot of people don't understand so let, how let the world ask, works, you know. Let me ask you this on 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 the tip of, I guess, being comfortable with chaos. How are you in the very beginning of when when the virus came and the people were kind of freaking out? 
How did you respond to it? I get excited. I get excited, I, dude. Like I got well, excited. I mean, I, I asked you, you know, that because yeah. I I was thriving. Yeah, me too. Like, this <laughs> is this yeah. is. I feel so at home right totally, now. Dude. I I go yeah. to therapy, and my therapist was like, ninety nine percent of the people I see are, are terrified. Com- they're comfortable. Well, no. Oh, they, okay. Because they're all going to therapy, so right, they're all right. like people that they just felt really comfortable in that chaos and yeah yeah, yeah no I, I get excited dude like i am a child of the apocalypse i've right i was been, like you know on. what i mean like i'm like yeah, yeah dude this is my time to shine let's fucking do this you know what <laughs> you I mean? will like, be one of the survivors you will dude, be one of the people that is in the movie you will be yeah. the one of the main characters in the movie not all those foolish people that well just died, and you know, you know i don't want to be so arrogant to assume you know what i mean but i feel like i got a pretty fucking good chance of surviving dude you know what i mean like yeah if shit the world when the you know and i thought I, part of me didn't think the world was going to fall apart we didn't know it was going to be this fucking ridiculous right um yeah and, it's, it's sort of falling apart in a different way it has fallen yeah. apart in a, in a mental you know what i mean like i think the mm-hmm. ultimate underlying fabric of us is falling apart rather than I mean, there was a bit like psychologically, like psychologically, yeah, yeah. But you know, that's where I come alive. Dude. Civil war. That's where yeah. I come alive. I'm like, I'm like, let's fucking go, you know? Because yeah. I'm like a general lefty on ninety percent of things, all social issues, all that stuff. But there's a few mm. things about me. I like fucking guns, dude. I know how to run a bulldozer. I fucking know where all the running springs are in the middle of the desert. I know where yeah. all the caves are. I'm fucking ready. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, I the fucking. Well, see, you know, I don't even understand why. I mean, because that's that's the general consensus, right? Like the 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 opposite things of what you said, as far as like the left is like you still can't be someone that is about survival or is you know what I mean, like on yeah. guard in those or like guns. You know what I yeah. mean? I that's where that's where a lot of issues I think come from is that you can't you can't be in the middle or the the idea of of developing an individual thought mm-hmm. is really becoming non-existent. It's totally. like yeah. you're either this or you're that. Right. And that's what I see like what's going on because I, I'm the same. I, I, I ultimately I would love to live in utopia Great. and there's great. ideas about that. I don't think that's necessarily possible because we're driven so much by the ego and tribalism and individualism. Yeah. yeah, we're playing team sports right now. Right, right. And um but yeah, you can be someone that could man, I love people but still want to shoot a gun in the desert. Totally, like they're, you know what yeah. I mean? There's that's totally fine. Yeah. Totally, it is fine. Totally. And you know, I I as a a general centrist, you know, for on most things, like I'm generally embarrassed for both of the sides. If you built your whole entire identity off of the right or the left, I'm embarrassed for you. You know what I mean? Like I don't how can you how can you live and not understand that life is so full of nuance and and gray that there is room for every fucking thing on both sides right i mean like you know take this abortion law in texas and all that shit you know what i mean it's like it's bananas it's bananas that they're going to ban that you know what i mean and mm-hmm. and you know like i said i'm all for everyone's choice i can't fucking believe that we're letting a theocracy fucking rule this place when it our country is founded on the separation of church and state. You know what I mean? I'm absolutely for, you know, your right to choose to do whatever the fuck you want. You know what I mean? Cause I believe, yeah. I do believe in freedom over, over all things. You know what I mean? Like, and whether think, that ends up being left or right, it doesn't fucking right. matter to me. You know, 
I think a lot of what we perceive as freedom is an illusion. Well, yeah, I mean, of course. I yeah. mean, it, it, I mean, it really is. And I guess that's where you, it's really easy to, I mean, you know, you could talk about race, you could talk about politics, you can talk about all these things and all these opinions, mm-hmm. but there's an illusion going on. And that's mm-hmm. there. And the illusion of, of freedom to a certain extent, right? Like people that are complaining about having to wear a mask mm-hmm. and they're talking about, Oh, my freedom, my yeah. freedom's being taken away. You're riding around with a seatbelt on. Totally. Do you, is that something that you yeah. want to do? Yeah. A lot of people don't want to do that. They're just yeah. born into it where that has become the law and that's yeah. what they have to do. Uh, if they want to not get a ticket, like, yeah, right. you have a right not to wear the seatbelt, yeah. but you are going to get a ticket, but yeah. or fucking die. You know what I mean? In a car or accident. Die. But you know? if that's what you want to yeah. do, just like riding a motorcycle, yeah. if you want right. to roll on your motorcycle and not wear a helmet, that's really your choice. It is. Yeah. But, but relating why, why it's people are just spotlighting these views or these opinions really that are being pushed by someone else entirely. Totally. It's not something, it's like, you know, I don't, nobody's complaining about uh, food companies that are producing food, making food that causes cancer totally. and obesity yeah. and what's, you know, creates all these health problems. Yeah. I mean, really that list goes on and on, on and, and on, on and on. Yeah. And it's just kind of interesting to me that people are really only spotlighting this one thing. Uh, I mean, specifically like, I don't, not necessarily like the abortion thing, but like that should be spotlighted. Um, and also think maybe it's a distraction, but it could be, yeah. it could be, I don't know. I don't, at yeah. this point, I don't, I don't know shit, man. I just <laughs> yeah. like, that's what I've like, you know, enough to know you don't know shit. That's, that's exactly. how I say it all the time. I'm like, I exactly. know enough to know that I don't know anything. That's, that's about yeah. how it goes. And most, pe- and most people are not walking around saying that. And that's actually yeah. part of the problem. <laughs> I know, that everyone's is. walking around like they have the answer yeah. and nobody does. No we're one just, does. we're floating on this rock through yeah. space and we're just, and it's, I don't know. It's um, laughable, man. I mean, it really is. It just doesn't. There's so much nuance in this life, dude. And, and you know, it's same thing with the woke so culture, much. right? They're bitching about the injustices of this and that while they're tweeting on their fucking phone that's made in a sand mine and the fucking, you know what I mean? Like the yeah, amount batteries of, of yeah, yeah, the batteries that are mined by children, yeah. the lithium, all this shit. You're bitching about fucking you're right to fucking not be dead named on Twitter or whatever it is you're bitching about on your phone, dude. You know what I mean? Which is like when you really get down to it, the more you step back and look at the big picture, I think we're just too goddamn comfortable, man. I mean, we are at the end, in my opinion, of how far capitalism and this society can go. We're too comfortable. Yeah, possibly. I don't even know if, you know, capitalism is actually the, the problem. Right. I'm not saying it it's, is, but I'm saying oh, we're yeah. at the end of it. Oh yeah. With, <laughs> you know yeah I mean? Because our, our ability to, I, I guess, be t- detached from any sort of primal instinct, because that's why I think capitalism sort of thrives in that is that, that being tethered to the very primitive state of mind, right? Like mm-hmm. of, of a human being. It's, we don't have to. We don't have to worry about these things that we once had to worry about. And right. so they, they're all those, 
things that we still have within us are used, you know what I mean? Whether it be applications and, and wanting these quick fixes and these dopamine fixes mm-hmm. where we're like, Oh man, it's hit. Oh yeah. I got a like, and it's like, this is like, people are using that against us to make money and whether yeah. it be politics with fear, you know what I mean? Like this is what you need to fear because we have that. We need to fear something. What yeah. do I need to fear now? Well, the, we're, they're going to tell you what you can fear. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, exactly. I mean, that's what I'm talking about. With feed us. Feed us what our fears are. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Out, and know. people are, that's what's being spotlighted right now. Mm-hmm. And you know this because this is what people are all of a, all of a sudden concerned about. You're a humanist. You, you care about people and you didn't get vaxxed or if you did or yeah. like whatever. Yeah. And you're somehow a monster because you're not. Ch- but these other, the, they don't have any other opinions on anything else that is harmful to human beings. And it's right. like, they're only choosing to spotlight this one thing. Yeah. And when people do that, that makes me, I'm it, like, yeah, well, all of a sudden I mean? now like, they're a warrior for whatever cause, right? You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it like is a, a part half, of like a half assed warrior. It's like a, you know, it's virtue signaling. All it is is throwing up the bat light, telling everyone that you're on this team. You know what I mean? It's, Mm-hmm. I don't know how much of people really give a shit, to be honest, you know, when because when you talk to people, I work in an industry of fucking people that compl- I completely disagree with. You know what I mean? 90% of the time. And when you really get down to it and you really fucking talk, you know, a, a massive amount of Trump supporters and, you know, I'm not a Biden supporter by any means, but w- there's a few things that everyone fucking agrees on. Everyone agrees that these politicians are lying to us. Everyone agrees that fucking, you know, there should be money out of politics. You know, they, we all agree on these certain things, but it is, and I think by design, a, di- a di- nation divided is easier to control, right? I mean, they keep mm-hmm. us fighting among ourselves. And I, I say they like there's a grand scheme. I don't know. There probably fucking is. Well, I mean, you know, to a certain extent, there is. Like, there the people is. that are in a position of power want to stay there. They don't right. want to Why wouldn't have you want to stay there? I want to stay there. I'm calm. I, I like yeah, my garage. I there, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know. But um, yeah, it's. I mean, it goes every direction, and we're all fucking guilty of sleeping on the job. Every one of us. Because if and I've said, you know, I, I think if we want, really wanted to change some shit, our power is consumerism. We, you know, obviously the power's in the workers. If workers strike, fucking things change, right? I come from a union. I I work for a union. Um, you know, workers striking makes a big difference, but. The everyday motherfucker, our power is in consuming. If every one of us decided we're not buying oil or gas for fucking two weeks, how fast do you think Exxon would fucking change their policies? If everyone's decided fuck Amazon for a month, Jeff Bezos would fucking end his rocket program right now. You know what I mean? Like, but we won't because convenience is a killer. You know, it's we're conveniently unhappy. I think that's really what it is. Right. And that's, that connects to our, our, I think our primal state. Like we are inherently lazy and right. we don't, you know, it's, I mean, I deal with things that I'm, I res, I'm sort of restrained, you know, that I'm constantly trying to grow and get right. unattached mm-hmm. to, you know, my perceptions or emotions or like whatever it is. Uh, but I mean, that's the difference between somebody with a growth mindset and someone with a fixed mind mindset. Totally. Yeah. I just, I don't know what that is. You know, I just, I personally have always been that way. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> well, I mean, I also, growth, I mean, I, it's yeah. so funny that I say that and I'm like talking about how I was like doing math. when I was Well, 13. but it is though, you know I mean? You have to understand what you've lost and what you've missed out on in order to grow. Right. You know, you being yeah, yeah. a fucking, you know, in prison and gangs fucking shooting at people on the street. You know what the other side looks like, dude. And you made the decision to not want to be there anymore. Right. So you've seen that. Yeah. A lot of us don't. They don't know how bad it can fucking get, you know? That, yeah, well, I was going to say this is kind of going back to what you were talking about with most people live in a bubble, mm-hmm. and it doesn't allow them. This is a, a another issue, I, I think, that is going on with the inability to look at the other side mm-hmm. and break it down and be like, okay, this other, this other person's a human being. They've learned something along the way, mm-hmm. and you know anybody like if somebody you know like myself who went through all that i went through was able to change my mind change a lot of things or really just reconnect me back to that person to that kid before all that stuff happened yeah yeah we we all have that in us and so i think that a lot of people that live in that bubble are not really a they don't have that ability to see the other side and people right. that have grown up in a certain environment where you've seen every class of every type of person, every race, or, you know, just been in the trenches. Yeah. And this is, you know, for, for most of the people that I know that are still out that have done time or have been in an environment where they were able to rise above and, and get out of that environment or a negative mm-hmm. environment, they, they're not judgmental. No. They, yeah. I'm sure there's exceptions, yeah. like exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, it's because they have this direct experience, a human, yeah. a human experience where it, that, that alone, it just, it brings, it connects you. You start to realize and break down like all these things that you think or what you thought mm-hmm. was reality. And then you figure out, down the road that you're actually constructing your own reality. So right. it's like yeah, you're yeah. choosing to yeah. stay in that state of mind as opposed to trying to recreate it and, and, and maybe accept someone that has a different opinion. I don't never know where to look. I'm like, I'm oh, I'm like uh, cause looking I'm looking at, at you corner. I'm looking no, at I you. Like legit, I was legit <laughs> looking at your, like your, your boom mic stand. I'm like, why am I <laughs> looking matter. there? Yeah. Well, no, I just like my eyes are going to be all crossed. Mine are like, always crossed. Over there. Yeah. Um, I fucked up and turned on this light. Now I look like I'm Donald fucking Trump over here, dude. So, oh so. shit. You know what I was going to actually tell you earlier is you what? look like Brian, you look like Brian Poussain and I'm oh, sure you've, yeah. I'm sure you've got that. Well, That's I started funny. growing my beard back, right? I had a huge beard for 20 years and, and wow, the one thing, years? yeah, the one thing that I did do as a panic in COVID is shaved my face because I hadn't mm. seen it in so long and the mask was pissing me off. I mean, I was wearing it, but. I, I was like, you know what, man? I the weird see... diaper. The yeah, diaper I should see right my face before I get old. I shaved it off and had a full like midlife crisis. Like I, I was like, who am I? Oh my god! <laughs> like, you know, like I, I totally freaked out. So it's starting to grow back. It's but, so uh, funny yeah, that you I say. Just... <laughs> it's so funny that you you say that because I had a beard up yeah. until I think four or five months ago. Yeah. yeah. No, maybe like two months ago, yeah. and I had it for a minute, and. That's the same thought that went mm. through my head was, I'm still young. I want to see my face. Right. You know right. what I mean? My wife had never seen my face. 
Wow. Yeah, like she yeah, met I was me with say, the you're, beer. You're, you're, I saw a, a fuck because I was lurking on your Instagram and I was uh-huh. like, damn, okay, yeah, he's looking sexy with no beard. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, nope. And then he grew up, and then he grew it back. Yeah, I it's did it like for a you while. Lose I your can't. powers or something. I felt like, you know, I literally had like, because I asked my, I was like so weird. Like I was having, it was like in the middle of this, you know, the George Floyd protests and all this stuff. And like, you know, I started like really asking myself, like, dude, like, am I the fat dude with tattoos and the beard of Ventura? Like, it, or am I, you know what I mean? Like, I wanted to know who I was. Rack and your yeah, rack. you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be this guy if I'm not this guy. You know what I mean? It was like I had a weird thing where I, I really thought, like, when they were talking about race and all this stuff, like, I'm an avid anti-racist, you know what I mean? But I'm also pretty goddamn white trash, dude. You know what I mean? And I have these things built into me that you you wonder, like, dude, am I really, like, what when is- we were talking about all this race stuff, like, uh-huh. do I have things about me? that are fucking not okay. You know what I mean? And it, for some reason, it popped in my head like, okay, well, you want to ask yourself real hard questions. Why don't you stare at your fucking face for the first time in 20 years? <laughs> and the beard. Yeah, the and the beard, beard had was, to be the... Yeah, it was the catalyst for it. It was really weird. And now I'm in therapy. The casu- you know, I'm the sober. Yeah, the I'm sober now. Yeah, it was fucking weird. And, you know, I'm your 30 beard, your, your beard should be pissed off at you right now. He's like, oh, what? Oh, okay. Oh, now all this? You now, yeah, you know, and I'm not racist. I'm not, you know, but I just thought, like, yeah, damn, who the fuck am I? You know, like, I want to be a like comprehensive you were person. not walking around with a, a Hitler no. stash or something. I mean, it's like a, just a beard. It's just <laughs> but a beard. That's but that's interesting. But that 20 that's years what... of having something, yeah. you know, being the same fucking person for 20 years, the same guy that has this huge fucking black beard and now it's gray, but... You know, it yeah. just it made me want to ask myself some fucking deep weird questions, you know, and it was cool that I did it, but I'll yeah, never yeah. Do it I was going you know. It's interesting that I think for a lot of people it's an external change that they need as opposed to the internal because, you know, obviously you held certain beliefs mm-hmm. and ideas that are were already incongruent with with that without right. having to change an exterior uh you know, thing. Yeah. But um, for me, it was like, I wanted to be uncomfortable. I wanted to fucking make myself uncomfortable because I do have a growth mm, mindset. I wanted right. to feel uncomfortably physically in order to fucking make myself really look at myself. You know what I mean? For instead, what you I'm just doing. became handsome. I guess so. Hands. Yeah. There you go. But, <laughs> yeah. but I did want to ask, like you were talking about, you know, people that are actively making that change to do better. Did you have a specific moment? Obviously, you know, being in gangs and, and prison, what was the moment that you got, you changed your mindset and decided like, I am not going to be this person anymore. Or was it a series mm. of moments? Was well, it, were it you was into a, punk was, rock like as no, a kid or not, no? I was not into punk rock. Oh, okay. Um, I had listened to suicidal tendencies and DRI because right. of movies. Well, DRI because of gleam in the cube. Right. Um, and I didn't really know too much about it. Um, mm. But yeah, so that was, 94, mm-hmm. 94, 94 was the year that Heavy Petting Zoo came out. It could have been 96. It was around there, yeah. Yeah. I th- yeah. And I bought it at Warehouse, like on cassette tape. Hell yeah. And I actually, like, that was a, that was the first punk rock album that I bought for myself because mm-hmm. I, I was trying to get away from the gang life and the drugs at one point. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I'm going to start skating again. And I bought that album and I was like, I, I, I bought that album because I saw some kid at the skate shop wearing a no affection and mm-hmm. just like the way that it looked. So, right. but 
So, but I wasn't really, I mean, I was kind of aware of it. And then especially from like eighties movies, man, like growing up in the eighties, like oh, yeah. so many movies where the, the punks were like the bad guy. I was a punk rocker, I think back in 80, 88. I was pretty like for Halloween. I, I was kind pretty, of yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, I had like the glitter awesome. in my hair, the tore up clothes. Yeah. And there was just something that at the time I didn't recognize why. Right. I mean, I totally do now because it's just a sort of symbol of rebellion and they were, they felt di- or they looked different. They, they, Basically, we're a, a visual representation of how I felt on the inside. Right, of, right, right. Especially growing up in dysfunction and and not really wanting to be a part of that. So, mm-hmm. but anyway, um, I so that was like the the first uh, the first shift in that, and then I ended up going back to the neighborhood that I was a part of. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's missing, and this is bits bits and pieces, really. Yeah. But I ended up. Going back and hanging out, uh, with, cause I was bored where I was at. You know, I didn't, I was living in Riverside and there was no skate parks mm-hmm. and I was just bored. I didn't, I wasn't meeting any girls. I was like going to continuation school and right. I was, I went back for a day and then I ended up, uh, meeting with one of the dudes that I used to hang with and we hung out with girls and we drank and was like, yeah, this is, this is where I need to be again. And then yeah. I went back and I, I, I ended up, you know, uh, I mean, I, I could get into that. I don't know if you want to hear that. Um, or if you just want to hear my, like when I shift or when, when I, I I'd like to hear, I mean, it doesn't, I mean, however you want to, I want to tell your story. Uh, yeah. You well, know, I'm, I'm interested, like how, like what, at what point did you really decide? Like, I'm fucking done with this. I want to be this person. I want to be, you know, cause you're, you're a photographer, you, you know, skateboard, you got the podcast, all that stuff. Like how did that stuff come about like where you know i know it was a long well, process you know yeah it's it's a lot i mean probably yeah. <laughs> we'd be here for like five hours but <laughs> so the sort of overview of it so when i got locked up i was gung-ho about like like i was saying earlier i i kind of commit to whatever yeah. it is that i'm into you're an extremist all in. Oh, I'm yeah, <laughs> All big time. In. I'm yeah, an I'm an addict. I mean, I have an addict's mind where it's right. just like this is what I'm all about. So, when I got to prison, I wanted to be the best prisoner possible. Right. And what I mean by that was like I was I wanted to be in a prison gang, mm. and I wanted to, you know, I watched way too too much of blood in blood out in American yeah. me where yeah, it was probably. just like, and again, I, I put on a mask when I was there and mm-hmm. I just, I went, I went all in. And so I think about my second or third year in, cause I did five years. I went, oh, you did I was, five? yeah, I did five years. I was 17. I got tried in as adult mm-hmm. and I was sent up to Susanville, uh, on the, to the two yards. So there's like one, two, three, and four for the levels there. And the higher you go, the higher the security. So yeah. I started off at, on a two yard, which was a fire camp. I had the opportunity to go to a fire camp and I didn't, I just was still fucking up. So I ended up going to three yard and then right. there, you know, I was hanging around like prison gang guys and I was like, you know, uh, it's not called prospecting. I don't even remember what it's called. Yeah. Um, but 
But essentially, you know, I, that's the same mentality, right? You know. Yeah, you get, I was. I mean, you get I let was, in as like a fucking, you know, hang around, and then you're, you know, what I mean, exactly. Then, yeah. If you, you do f- the fucking dirty work, I do all the in. dirty work. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I was totally cool. Which is weird, but I was totally cool with somebody else, like you know, using me to do stuff in order to get to a position. You right. know. Right. But again, it it all goes back to the just, man, I just want to be a part of something and be accepted by something. Mm -hmm. And so I was really heavy into that. Right. And I, we kind of talked about this in my, my first episode on screaming at a wall podcast, my buddy sick boy, who was doing eight or nine years, he was getting pretty close. I think he was about like two more years uh, left when I first met him or like a year and a half. Mm -hmm. He was a skino punk rocker. Okay. Uh, skater. And so we, we were playing basketball one day and he had seen something in me. I mean, like a lot of the lifers saw something in me right. where I, I was like on the Mac committee, which is like men's advisory council. Hmm. And you basically, it's like the politics, like the inmates bringing in the politics of like, Hey, we want a punching bag on the yard or we want like hmm. a new diet. Like, there are those guys that go and talk to the warden. Okay. And I, at this point I'm like 1920. I'm like, why did, why do I don't even know why they want yeah, me. How am I to here? Do, yeah. yeah. Why? I, I don't, I don't yeah. understand, but they saw something in me. So there's, you know, along the way, along my journey, there's always been that for me. And I just never got it because I didn't, I didn't have those type of reinforcements growing up. So it was yeah. always a question of like who I was, what I was doing and, you know, whatever. And so, my buddy Sick Boy, who is like I said, the skino uh hardcore punk dude uh that skated, he saw something in me and then we, we were like talking about skateboarding or something after playing basketball one day. And I it was before I really knew anything about him. Mm-hmm. But I was like, Oh yeah, I used to skate too. And I you know, I um I told him like the last deck I had was like an alien workshop, the believe deck, you know. Nice. I had that one. Um uh, yeah, I have <laughs> it. I, I have it tattooed on me because nice. it was just it was my, my last board before I, you know, I started fucking up again. Right. But, um, yeah, he, he ended up giving me punk rock cassettes because we ended up that somehow evolved into, you know, talking about, uh, like punk rock music. And, mm-hmm. and then I probably told him like the stuff that I had heard, but I never really heard anything. And mm-hmm. man, I'm really glad that he, he had that conversation with me, man, because I really, honestly, I was, I was this close to going to a level four yard because I was still messing up and I was, I was going to get transferred across the street to high desert state prison. Right. And that's the kind of place that where you go, you don't get out. Hey, well, yeah, yeah, I would have, I, 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 yeah, you make I your way into being dead. a lifer over there. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I would have been 100%. because yeah, they're like, Hey, here's this knife. Go do that to that guy. Yeah. And if you don't do that, we're going to stab you with that knife. Right. So yeah. anyway, I, uh, yeah, he, he loaned me bad religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the stranger than fiction. Oh no, I'm sorry. Suffer. Mm-hmm. And, it was Suffer, and then he ended up, I think, loaning me Bad Brains and The Clash, Black Market Clash. Hmm. And whatever was in me, what has always been in me, came out when I listened to Bad Religion. Nice, dude. Intellectually, like, lyrically, like, philosophically, the energy of it, like, hmm. getting my mind 
to start thinking outside right. of what I already sort of perceived as what reality is, mm-hmm. it all came crashing down on me. Right. So I started listening to the music and then I started questioning myself mm. a little bit more, a little bit more. And this was probably maybe about like six months, eight months later, I was in my cell and I don't know what happened, but I just started staring at the wall mm-hmm. and it was, it was day room at the time and I didn't go out and I'm just staring at the wall and it just, it was, it was almost like a mental breakdown. Wow. I mean, it was, yeah. a, it was, a, it was a mental breakdown, man. Yeah. And sick boy comes up to my cell and he's like, how come you're not like out in day room? And I'm just staring at the wall like I hear him, but I'm not responding. And I'm just, I'm, I'm disconnected completely. And he's like, well, okay, have fun staring at the wall or whatever. And I don't think he like realized that in that moment, because I was still hanging out with those dudes, you know, we were kind of like, you know, I I was hanging out with sick boy, sick boy a lot more. But I was still hanging around with those dudes and it was getting close to a time where I was going to, I was going to do something mm-hmm. and, um, I mean, do something that would allow me or that would cause me to maybe possibly get a lot more time. Right. And right. I think that's when it all kind of came to a head for me was in that moment. Wow. And it was a lot because I didn't know how I was just, I can't do this anymore because I, for the first time was, it really hit me. I was like, I'm applying so much pressure to myself. It's me. Nobody's asking me to be around these guys. No one is, I'm like, I'm doing this for my, I'm, this is all me. Mm -hmm. Cause it hit, I was like, man, I could get life. I could be in here for the rest of my life. And that's, that's what really like, that was the first moment that hit that I was like, I have a choice. And for the, I right. felt like for the first time, I, I felt like I had a choice, man. And I had to like go up to one of the shot callers and tell him, and he was a lifer too. Mm-hmm. And he was, um, yeah, so he was, he was a lifer. And I remember saying, you know, tell him, I gotta, let's walk, let's take a lap. Mm-hmm. And so I told him like everything. I was like, I just, I don't, I have a date and I just, I don't want this to be my life. You know what I mean? Like I just, and he totally fucking understood. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. I mean, he told, cause it totally could go the understood. other way so fast. Right. I mean, it could have. Yeah, yeah. It totally could have. And, yeah. um, I'm but just, it, I mean, you know, those course- guys, those types of guys, man, the guys that are really in there for life, especially on a, a fucking weird charge. They fucking know, dude. They know deep down what they do. They've done that th- same thing a hundred thousand fucking times and then had to realize they're not getting out. You know what I mean? Like, I just can't yeah. imagine that fucking, you know, it's. And then when they see somebody that. That once. That, has, it, that like once, hits that, that realization. That, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's amazing, man, I, man. I'm really fortunate in the fact that I was around. Cause there was another lifer named Twig, Forrest Richardson. He boxed back in Quinton. He was like a, a champ back in the, I think, early 80s or late yeah. That's, that's a dude that he ended up murdering some dude that like raped his buddy's sister. So wow. they just went over there and 
You know, it's just like, yeah. does that dude deserve to be? No, I mean, yeah, not. the guy doesn't deserve to die, but like the fact that he has to spend the rest of his life. I mean, and yeah. he was, he was one of the most sweetest. You just look in his eyes. That's the thing about like lifers too. Those lifers that are good hearted dudes mm-hmm. that there's still like a glimmer of hope. And maybe right. that glimmer of hope is like giving imparting, imparting like wisdom to like someone right. that's younger like me is there's a, there's something in their eye right. that I've never seen out here, you right. know, never have seen out here. And they, um, those are the dudes that, you know, I just, it's a bummer when I think about yeah. some of those dudes are never going to get out. And, yeah. uh, I don't, it's, but, but, it's also the reason that I'm still out is because I always reflect on those dudes that were there for me that never got that chance. Right. And I've said it before. I feel like I would be slapping them across the face if I went back to that place. Right. How they disappointed would, would they be in you? You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's because that's the thing. Like when you grow up, you would grow up with no direction, no fucking love, no support, no, you know, all this reaction and action is looking for you know, to belong, to fucking feel wanted, to be understood, to fucking be a part of something, right? We all want that, yeah. yeah. We all want that, you know what I mean? And if you didn't get it at home, you fucking find it somewhere else, and that's how it goes, you know? Right. But when you think about those guys that have had that chance or are sitting there, it's like they fucking know, dude. And, you know, I've met people with that same glimmer, and I've met people that don't have anything in their eyes. You know what I mean? Soulless motherfuckers when you talk to them and you're like, Oof, man, you know, and they're exactly where they want to be in prison, fucking doing or just thing. have accepted or have accepted, accepted it. That. Yeah, defeat. yeah, they but definitely. you see a little defeat behind there, you know. I've well, seen man, some I've, icy I've motherfuckers, you know, because <laughs> I like, I have that potential, yeah. especially because I've gone. I mean, I that's that's the scary part of being someone that has been there that has gone to the edge. Mm-hmm. It's always there, mm-hmm. and yeah, it I mean, can be accessed at any moment always and you know it's frowned upon for you know dudes that have been locked up like why are you still talking about it why are you still you know and my question always to people like that is do you question why a veteran still talks about being in war right because those people are still they still have dealt with the the same issues Mm -hmm. and maybe even worse because you're dealing with like my life is on the line every day not to say that like you know some dudes in the military (laughs) is like it could be every day but you're still you're emotionally you're still dealing with the same traumas or the same ptsd dude same or if you're a recovering addict right you're gonna be danny trejo still a recovering addict noah levine like he's still a recovering addict right and he i think he said he was sober since 1988 yeah Uh, when i heard that danny trejo episode on mark Marin. I, I was too, like, yeah. I was like, in the sixties, you got clean, dude. What the fuck? Or it was like something yeah. like it was like, you know, it was like he's been clean for forty five fucking years, you know what I mean? But he still accesses that shit like it was yesterday, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. always a trip, you know. But it's a it's a funny story because I don't I don't know if he talked about it in the podcast, but I'm really into Eddie Bunker, who was Mister oh, okay. Blue. Are you familiar with Eddie Bunker? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. He uh he's the one who actually got Danny Trejo into acting to movies. Okay. Because Dan- Danny Trejo was a um he was a sponsor to some kid and that was working on a movie, right? And it was a runaway train with John Boyd. Right. And 
so the kid was like, Hey, he was like a PA or something. And he called up Danny. And he's like, Hey, they're, they're doing Coke on the set. And I'm like thinking about using Danny Che was like, dude, I'll, I'll be right down there. Like, so gives him the address. He goes down to the set <laughs> and he can't find a kid. And he ends up seeing Eddie Bunker. Now, Eddie Bunker was someone that he did time with, I think in Soledad because okay. Eddie Bunker, who played Mr. Blue. Yeah. had written a bunch of crime novels and then he, they were actually adapting um his screenplay into a movie oh i didn't runaway okay. train so yeah, he was yeah. actually on he was on set and uh i don't know they saw each other and he's like hey danny what are you doing here what are you yeah. doing here he's like oh they're making a movie oh, you know based on my screenplay uh-huh. and he's like hey we need a because it was like prisoner it was like a prison scene and he's like hey we need an actor do you want to be like in the yeah. movie and uh, he's like, dude, I don't want to fucking think about acting. And he's mm-hmm. like, you just be yourself. You're a prisoner. You, you mm-hmm. know how to do that. And that's how he got his start. Yeah. I don't know. This is really cool. But that, um, but that goes into the same thing we were talking about earlier about, like, this dude is a fucking wolf. And he just walked in the middle of Hollywood. And with his face alone, everyone's all, whatever you want, dude. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you're terrifying. Oh, my God. Like, And you yeah. watch how people, because this guy has a wild fucking story. Obviously, the faces doesn't help, you know, but like he's a nice fucking guy, but has, you know, like this is what I mean when like a wolf walks into a situation that people aren't ready for. Hollywood's not wasn't ready for a Danny Trejo. And they, you know what I mean? Not that he didn't get there on talent and hard work and all that. But when you see people that have lived a life like him and you watch him work among people that are grew up rich in Hollywood. Yeah, Mm -hmm. of fucking course, he's going to do whatever he wants to do you know what i mean because if he were to pull someone aside and be like hey let me talk to you for a minute you'd be like okay uh, <laughs> yeah like any director on earth is going to be like yeah uh-huh no problem dude like uh, yeah yeah, you know, yeah I got fucking, you. whatever you want dude. me to get you coffee i'll, I'll get you uh-huh coffee. no problem yeah, yeah, I'll right yeah man um uh, it is a, it's a trip you know much respect to all those dudes because I don't know. There's definitely something about that type of convict. And, you know, they're rare because a lot of those dudes are either locked up for the rest of their life or they're dead. Yeah. And so, but there's something about like the dude Shane, Danny Trejo and Eddie Bunker. There's some beauty in, in those dudes for me. You know totally. what I mean? Like, yeah. um, and yeah. they're authentic. They're authentically them. You know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. not a there's not another i mean yes there's people that are like that grew up in these crazy situations there's endless stories but when you are full of authenticity you it's hard to ignore it you know what i mean especially being yeah. like la like you know you meet the there's most some good, authentic, there's some good actors out there actors though, you know fine I mean? but authentic humans you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean an authentic yeah, yeah. human stands out all day right that's the same like i'm a big fan of joey coco diaz that comedian you are you familiar with him I am, yeah. Yeah, I mean, and he is the most authentic motherfucker. And you, I could listen to him talk all fucking day. You know what I mean? Because he is him and he's, you know, it's just, there's not yeah, anything funny that's going to change yeah, it, you know? I, I appreciate that that type of person. Me too. It's, yeah, because you, you definitely don't deal with it uh, on a day-to-day and, like, when you actually interact with something yeah. like that. For me, it's really refreshing. Um, but, yeah, I so... That yeah, that was that was the start. I mean, that was yeah. really the start for me getting into punk rock, and then um, I just yeah, from that moment on, man, I I was like, um, I'm done. I mean, I was still 
doing stuff here and there, you right. know, just cause you can't, can't avoid it completely in there. And that was another thing too, is I still had like a temper. I didn't understand my anger. I, right. I, there was a lot of things I just didn't understand, but the goal to, you know, I still have my goal, a uh, goal list that I made oh, really? when I was, when I was busted and it was like, go to college and take photography classes. And, yeah. uh, you know what I mean? Like I just, all the, it's, I've checked off. I mean, it's a small list and it, it's just like nothing now. Compared no, but it to means like so, so many... much, dude. Oh, you for know, me, it, it, does, it means yeah. so much, you know, like when I look at it. Yeah, it, it does. You know, and it, I mean, obviously being photographer, going, did you actually go to college to be a photographer? Is that what you ended up doing? Well, I ended up going to film school. Oh, okay. and then, nice. and then I, my focus, my focus was on cinematography, mm-hmm. which was basically photography, but just, you know, moving, right. moving right. stills. But, right. um, yeah. And, um, yeah. Um, and that was a whole, I mean, that's a whole nother, that's a whole there's nother. a lot, you know what yeah. I mean? There's, yeah. there's a lot, but, um, yeah, I, you know, I started to just become, I guess, acclimated to what most people go through, you know, right. right. What do I want to do for my future? I mean, granted, I, you know, I was a little late, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah. wasn't too, too late, but, and it's, I've had my issues with that because I've sort of sort of just dropped into this world where I've always felt uncomfortable trying to be normal. Mm. Right. Like, I mean, you were kind of talking about that earlier where for one, I already, you know, and that's why I gravitate towards punk rock where it's, I can feel a little bit different within that world um, and blend in, you know what I mean? And, um, but yeah, going to college film school, I always felt, I mean, I did good. Like I, yeah, I, my, my short films, um, you know, got selected for the best of and I, I did really well in that world. I think I've not to toot my own horn, but it's whatever I've done, I've, I've done well in, and even right. with all that information that I have, I still have a mind that doesn't allow me to accept that because of the deep seated dysfunction from before right 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 right. it's it's you know constantly just growing and adapting and you know pivoting and um just like moving like a shark i'm just like one of those people like if i'm if i stop i'm done like i'll end up my mind starts going back to like that place totally like i said it's it's really easy to do yeah um so yeah it is um i mean it is you know it's so it's always the fine, the thing that I find talking to more and more people that grew up in chaotic situations or found punk rock and figured out how to fucking make things work on their own and take chances on themselves and fail and get up is that when you do set your mind to doing something, most of us end up doing it pretty fucking well, right? Because we're not scared of failure. We've been failing most of our fucking lives. You know what right. I mean? Like, what's another, like, what's another failure? You know, like yeah, yeah. me booking my own tours fucking six weeks at a time across the country when it eats shit. I got no one else to blame besides me. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, I when mean, I got in, I was going to say, well, your perspective of failure changes, like your yeah. idea about what that even means right. is because you're actually, I was talking to, uh, to Shane and home the other day about most people are not in the arena or they're, I'm sorry they're not fighting like they're they're in it like they're down there fighting and most people are spectators yeah totally and yeah. 
I mean, when you're that that person, it doesn't really matter. Um, Win or lose, you're doing. It do- it. Yeah, it really, yeah. really doesn't. Yeah. It really, really doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. But what I fa- the through line is that I found is most people that have had those extreme failures in their life, when they do fucking, if they pull out of it, if they focus, if they do the thing, they go super fucking far pretty quick. And it's not because of a handout. It's not because anything. But it's because they understand how to take ownership of their failures, how to fucking move forward, how to just say, I fucked this up. Can I make it right? What can we do to fix it? You know what I mean? And you can beat yourself up later for shit, you know. But I found in the, what I do is I moved up from uh, literally a, a knowing nothing about running heavy equipment to being a superintendent in 10 years. And it's and I credit punk rock and I credit fucking DIY culture and I credit the way that I grew up because I didn't have anyone there to fucking pick me up and tell me it's going to be okay and you don't have to try no more. You know, everything I ever did, it was like, cool, do it again. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. fuck, you know, fail, fail, fail. Like, no one's there to smooch your ass. You know, it just, and you end up fucking going, it, when punks and, and people of that same mindset put their minds to it, they, they're wildly successful at it, you know? And it's cool. Yeah, I was going to say, what do, you, what do you think it is? Like, the like what defines, I guess, punk rock ethic or a a mindset because I do and you know, not every, I mean, because we're individuals and right. you know, it, it, it can vary, mm. you know, but I definitely, there's a correlation there to me. And I, I don't know if that's because of punk rock having that against the grain attitude and always like to question things that also means to always question yourself mm. and where you are that allows that ability to constantly readjust and see things differently as you are getting new information right. or, or whatever. It's just an openness, I guess. I, I, I don't, I don't know. Really I, sure. Yeah. I don't, for me, I mean, I can only tell you what mine is, right? Like my drive is purely based on the fact that I knew that no one was going to help me get my fucking, get the things done that I wanted to do. There was no, I mean, as much as my mom's an amazing person, four kids, poor as fuck, three jobs. You know what I mean? Like, if I wanted something, I had to get it. And I had to figure out how to get it. And I had to fucking figure out how to steal shit from Kmart and then find a receipt in the trash can, go grab the items in the store, and then return them for cash. Anyone 30 years old is like, what is Kmart? Target. Let's call it Target. (laughs) I had to figure, you know what I mean? Like, man. Yeah, yeah. I took, I figured out if I need fucking money, I'm going to go grab a receipt on the trash can. I'm going to pull two or three items from that receipt. I'm going to walk up to the Falcon counter and I'm going to return them and get some money. You know what I mean? Like that type of shit where no one, not that I wasn't loved, but if I wanted it, I had to earn it and I had to figure it out. And I think a lot of like, for me, it was playing music. I wanted to play music from a very early age. I wanted to be in a touring band. I still have my goal list of playing music. I wanted to be in a band that has toured. I wanted to put out my own vinyl and I wanted to fucking, you know, uh, I had a couple things on there and I've done every one of them, you know, but that was my goal list. I wanted to be able to do it. And there was no one that was going to do it besides me, you know, and, and so I think just grinding and using that punk rock spirit, this fucking, we don't need you. We don't need anyone else. We can fucking do this. We can build right. our own community. Fuck your community. Fuck the jocks. We'll build our own fucking community. 
We don't have a venue to play at. Fuck that. We'll play in a fucking parking lot. We'll steal a generator and use that. You know what I mean? Like by any means necessary. It, like by any attitude, fucking means necessary. The attitude just yeah. to seek and to destroy. It out. Yeah, yeah, you know, like it's yeah, just yeah. it's. I don't know if it's so, purely punk rock or or just me and trauma and the way I grew up. You know. Yeah, it's it's probably it's all those ingredients. Right. And I was I was just gonna talk about for the people out there that struggle you know i mean i i interact with quite a few people that you know they go through struggles i mean especially like owning a skate shop and dealing with Mm. a lot of kids that come from broken homes right is there's definitely like a reoccurring theme and it's just a lot of it's like guidance but i i found you know for myself and what i've seen and what i've read and, and and ingested and digested from a lot of smart people that have lived like crazy experiences Mm -hmm. is that it's super important to have goals. Right. And without, without goals, I mean, cause you were talking earlier about like, you have these goals, these lists, Mm -hmm. these things that you wanted to accomplish for yourself. And it doesn't matter like how you, how you get there. You right. right? Like you're, you, you're going to get there um, with that, that sort of punk rock attitude is I feel like a lot of people, and this was for, for myself, I just didn't have any goals. Totally. There was like, yeah. and they're lost. People are fucking lost. Yeah. You know you're, I mean? you're on a boat and you are, you have no destination yeah. and you're just on it and you're just floating and you just, of course you're, yeah. You're like, where am I going? <laughs> where the you fuck need... am I going? Yeah. That's what we I tell all... my kids all the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, dude, I don't care what it is you do, but whatever it is, do it. Like find something, find a little thing that you love to fucking do and develop on that. You know what I mean? And that yeah. will turn into something. You know what I mean? That, that's how yeah, it goes. Gonna, you're, get, you're, you're getting me to smile and you're going to get me to bring out my lighter side of uh, <laughs> just talking about my daughter. That's, I mean, yeah. that's another, another reason. Yeah. I'm really, when I think about it, she's the only reason that I'm probably not yeah. going, especially after my skate shop closed and went yeah. through the, I probably, because I was starting to do cocaine for a little bit was drinking heavily even though she was still she was like five at the five at the time Mm -hmm. and uh you know i quickly pulled myself out of that because i was like what's i loved having a child like my daughter aria uh it's weird it it is like i get to see like a healthy version of how i would would have been yeah and it's it's a really beautiful thing and i i saw your instagram post of uh, well, one that stands out to me is, I believe it's your daughter, but she like did makeup and there's like the flowers on her. Oh cheek. yeah. Is that, yeah, yeah. Is that your daughter? That's yeah, my daughter. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. So she's wildly talented artist. I mean, dude, yeah, crazy. It's, yeah. It's she, they, your, your yeah. kids look like they are. And my, yeah. like my daughter just started private school, which is another like, <laughs> I don't <laughs> yeah, even, yeah, it's but it's, it's, it's not yeah. like a foo foo. Like, no man. A, hey, if you can provide that for your pri- children, do that. Yeah. You know what but I mean? It's yeah. more, they actually yeah. have music class every day. They oh, have, yeah. you know, they meditate. It's, awesome. it's, it's yeah. but she's only been there for two weeks, man. And she's, she, you could already see it. There's right. a, something else like going on already right. because public school. Rep- oh, that's a whole other topic. That's a whole other topic, man. But yeah, it is, the but, kids are, I mean, I've said it before. My mom told me one time, it's super easy to be a shitty parent. It's the easiest thing you could do be a piece of shit parent oh yeah you know what yeah, i mean yeah. to be a hard me. to be a good don't, fucking parent is yeah the most impossible fucking task 
and they're not even going to think about thanking you till they're 25. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. don't even fucking worry about it. But um, I've, yeah, man, I've been pretty fortunate thus yeah. far on that process. I know it yeah. may change. I, I How tell old? her daily. Uh, she's just turned nine. Oh, okay. Yeah, I tell her daily, dude. Yeah, I'm, my uh, boys, my boys talking to me. Anyway. Oh, tell him I said hi. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> What's up? Uh, I know. I tell her daily. I was like, yeah. please don't tell me that you hate me one day. Oh, please don't happen. tell me. <laughs> I hate you, Dad. <laughs> Brutal, I'm like, just please. That, uh, I'll it's tell you nice. what, man. Thirteen, right? My daughter's thirteen, and those hormones start kicking in, buddy. So, and it is, whoo, it's a ride, man. <laughs> I just, man, I'm just really hoping that I, I don't uh, that cliche doesn't happen. That somehow. Man. I we missed that part and nope. she's gonna you know yeah oh she'll come down she'll fucking come out of her room so pissed at you for something you had nothing to do with and you're like what 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 was that she, she'll get a pass <laughs> she gets a pass though on being yeah. that way like yeah that's okay her. well yeah, I've always okay. said like I want I always joke my daughter's gonna be an incredible ex wife you know <laughs> she's gonna fucking destroy somebody dude oh, and yeah, that's my good is a le- my dad yeah. is a Leo too. So yeah, me like, too. Yeah, it's fucking. Uh, oh, she is. Oh, oh yeah. I am. She's... I am. Oh, you yeah. are. Yeah, okay. I am. And, but yeah, she fucking. You know, she's a savage, dude, and she has my all of my same tenants negotiating. Fucking, you know, we got in an argument one time about chores, and she brought me a straight up contract that she had written about what she wanted to do for how much money. That's and, amazing. And, and, and she I'm came like, up with that on her own. Oh yeah, yeah. Because we, oh, it's that's something. Beautiful. And so she's like, she wanted to get paid like two dollars a chore, like a day. I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? You think I'm gonna pay you twenty five dollars a week? So we're like, are we're arguing, negotiating, dude? And so now my wife's on to it. And she's like, you guys stop. It's it's getting ridiculous. I'm on. No, hold on. And she's like, you know what? Why don't we put a pin in it and we'll talk about it later? I'm all. <laughs> you don't table negotiations with me, dude. <laughs> I fucking table the negotiations. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh. I'm oh, a, I mean, this, she was like 10, dude. You know what I mean? Like, wow. It's fucking I, it's nuts, funny because I that's that's what I told my daughter. Ugh. I was like, if you want something and I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you need to come at me with something else. You don't just accept yeah. that I say no. You need to be like, oh, yeah. well, oh, yeah, I'll do this or I'll do that. Or dude. you have to you have to work it because you're going to go through your life. My kids tell you no. No is the very first starting point for them. It's fucking dude. They brought me a twenty-three slide PowerPoint presentation on why they wanted a bird the other day. I was like, "You're wow. out of your fucking minds, dude!" Like, and you have they're not—they're little though. savages, and I'm so proud of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, but you have to. Out, you have insane. to buy the bird if they're good. No. If they're putting that, no, nope. it's still not. Fuck so no. A, I would be like, yes. I'm. No. I don't know. We have uh, two dogs, a cat, a bearded fucking dragon. Uh, two I mean, my tree daughter frogs. has a bearded dragon. Cool. Yeah, yeah. We're not getting a fucking bird, dude. It's the yeah, worst that, animal. That might you, you call on it. You're like, no. I, we're, it, we're I think it's inherently wrong to own one. You can't. They got one thing they do, and that's fly. And you've just taken it away from them. You yeah, I, mean? like, I agree. Not yeah. happening, dude. So I said, I love your PowerPoint. I love the effort. Keep it up. Absolutely not. And I is hit this, him. I hit him with the thumb like a president. Uh, nope, not happening. Yeah, not, <laughs> not happening. Gonna do it. <laughs> is there like something on YouTube or something? Because my daughter wanted a bird all of a sudden. It's kids, dude. All kids are into anime and being lesbian. Anime, yeah. She's anime, totally into and, and then my hero next year she's gonna be non-binary, and then fucking birds. That's I don't know. it's the new birds. punk rock. It's the new it's punk the rock. New punk rock. It is. Yeah. It is. Well, dude, uh, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on, brother. I I think we're almost at two solid hours here, which is rad. 
Is it been two hours? It's right about there. Hour, yeah. Oh well, there. I mean, regardless, I feel like yeah. I just got on here. I know, dude. This is awesome. I don't even feel like I talked about anything. To we'll be have honest to do a part you. two, man. And it's it's so yeah, it's so trippy to be on this on this side of it. There's yeah. like less pressure, uh, but it's cool. Like I I enjoyed it. Just talk. We're just talking. Yeah, man. Well, dude, if you want to throw out, I mean, I know you're taking photos, you're doing stuff. You got any Instagram handles, anything going on that you want to throw out? Go ahead. Uh, well, the, so if you just go to Instagram, screaming at a wall podcast, um, we have that link tree and it has like all the, the links to all the, all the platforms yep. and like yep. all that stuff. Um, check out confusion magazine. Um, dot, they're confusing. Yeah. Confusion magazine. Um, uh, dot com. I just had a photo, uh, that was in that magazine nice. and they're, they've always had my back. In fact, the dude, Jonathan, that owned concussion sent me my, my, uh, my shirt that I wore when I was released out of prison. Oh, now he has a magazine called confusion. That's right. Uh, he's always had, I have my back and they're DIY. They're all about DIY skateboarding. Um, and I was able to share an article with my buddy Clayton Grawl, uh, which was really cool. He's urban skate projects, skate DIY. Okay. All DIY. Um, but yeah, like everything's on there. I have, I have a photography, uh, Instagram as well, still your soul, which double underscore. Um, but yeah, man, I'm just doing the podcast, the hell, podcast yeah, thing. It's been, Bad it's ass. been really fun. So, uh, thank you for having me, man. Yeah. I really likewise. Man. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I'm so stoked. A random fucking hit up on IG. You know what I mean? That's the way. Is, that's dude. the way you got to do it, man. You, oh, just man. Gotta, you gotta. You gotta make you know? way to Ventura. You know, we'll fucking ha- we'll hang out. You know. Oh yeah, I would. I would definitely love to. I'm kind of bummed that we didn't get to do it in person. Yeah, just energy's. Uh, you know what I mean? It but is a big deal, man. Yeah, it is what it is. You know. Yeah. Fuck yeah, brother! All right. All right.